0: hello everyone welcome to episode two of our preceptorship podcast um so i'm felicity and also joined by hannah hello (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we are also joined by one of our current preceptees stephanie so Please introduce yourself, your profession, and we'd love to hear a little bit about like where and when you qualified.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, So my name is Stephanie, um, and I'm a Band 5 OT, and I studied in Brunel University, and I qualified early this year.
0: Fab. Um, So we are, the reason we've invited Stephanie today um, is because following a session that we did Last month, we covered anti-racism, inclusion and diversity within allied health professionals. And we addressed that in one of our preceptorship meetings. Um, So we thought it was really important to also address this as one of our podcast topics. Um, And also just invite Stephanie on to talk a little bit about preceptorship, but also um, being a, a newly qualified Black AHP as well. So As we know there is a a real lack of BAME AHP um, representation nationally compared to sort of our medical and um, nursing colleagues so we'd love to hear your story on what sort of led you to become an AHP and an OT.
1: Well it's actually an interesting story because i had previously never actually heard about OT or even knew what AHPs were Um, so when I finished college I'd actually set my mind on nursing and I'd applied to university and I'd actually got offers to do that and then one day um, my dad just came up to me and he was like I think you would enjoy like occupational therapy he works within the healthcare sector so he was obviously familiar with the role and I'd never heard of it before so I kind of went to do a bit of reading on it and I just remember falling in love with it and um I was actually shocked that I'd never heard of it before Um, so literally it was kind of like a spur of the moment decision I declined all of my uni offers and I reapplied to study for OT and then I obviously interviewed in Brunel got it and then the rest was history. I love that story
2: yeah (laughs) I love that you like just took the plunge and was like this is this is for me that's amazing (laughs) when you really feel like that passion and that calling so yeah well done you for being really brave and like re, completely re-changing your, uh, your applications. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about your current role um, mm-hmm. as an OT and, um, and how are you feeling about this position after qualifying and starting your role and the lead up to that?
1: So my current role, I work in the community mental health sector for older adults with dementia mainly and other mental health conditions. And I was very nervous, which is normal, because it was my first official job role. And you have to do that big transition from uni to being a student to actually being in the real world and being a working adult. So it was a lot of emotions. I kind of thought. I gave myself a break after university before applying as well um, just so I could really gather myself and then put my all into this job role but I was very excited and I'm very happy that I did make this job and I'm loving it.
0: Yay, that's what we (laughs) like to hear. Um, But yeah there's always that real mixture of emotions isn't there like um you're really really excited but then also there is a bit of like oh gosh a bit of self-doubt isn't there and um yeah. what usually comes um is quite apparent with preceptees. we found is that imposter syndrome um mm-hmm. kind of creeping in and like you start your first post and you still feel like you're a student um yeah. so yeah, yeah.
2: It's really interesting that you mention um, imposter syndrome because I was scrolling through TikTok last night, as you do, and Mm -hmm. a video came up about um, imposter syndrome where somebody said imposter syndrome is where you've got the, you know, the beginnings of competence or you are competent, but you're lacking in the confidence. Mm. Um, And I thought that was, you know, just a really nice way to put it because you know you finish university you've got that theory you're you're ready to get out into the real world and start applying it to practice but we just lack the confidence sometimes and so mm. that's when it can really creep in I thought it was quite apt that that came up on my for you page on TikTok
0: very fitting mm. um and just a bit expanding about about your first role so is this area so um older adults sort of within mental health is this an area that you feel that you want to continue in or are you kind of seeing your options and seeing what's available to you
1: good question I've (laughs) always worked with older adults like all of my previous placements that was always my client group um which is amazing because I've really enjoyed working with that client group but I definitely feel like at some point I would like to work with different um clients especially like maybe children that's always been a passion of mine but I never got assigned that for my placement so I think it's good because I've got comfortable and skilled with this area but I, I would like to branch out at some point yeah so it's something I'm thinking about
0: Nice. And are you in a rotational post currently or is that, no, are you starting? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's good to always just see your options, isn't it? Um, exactly. And see eventually what you want to fall into and um, not look back and think, oh, I wish i dabbled into, you know, yes. these a little bit. So um, yeah, good to have your options open. Yeah. <laughs> um so obviously now going a little bit about preceptorship how do you so you're five months into post
1: um
0: how do you feel the preceptorship program is supporting you um within your first post
1: I feel like it's been very helpful for me I was a bit like not apprehensive but I think just because I didn't know what I was getting into I was like okay is this going to be like like homework is going to be a bit of a chore type of thing on the side because obviously starting a new job you already have so much on your plate and I didn't know whether I'd be able to handle it with this but I'm absolutely loving preceptorship I think it addresses relevant topics and areas and it's also created like a fun open space and opportunity for like exchange of learning discussions and development within my role and it's allowed me to become more reflective which I think Mm. is so important like everything I'm doing I always have to like reflect on it and it's helped me to build my confidence in that way and kind of highlight areas of improvement throughout the different competencies that I have to work through so it's it's really good and I'm enjoying it so far
2: oh that's really Good to hear and I know that you you said so many lovely things that you take from it but if I had to ask you kind of what's your favourite aspect of preceptorship what would it be for you?
1: I think it would definitely be the networking aspects of it Um, like during every meeting I get to meet and have discussions with new AHPs and I've met old acquaintances like maybe people I've seen in placements even girls I've been to uni with and I've also made new friends and got to learn more about different roles within OT because I feel like there's so much you can do in OT and we don't even know a lot of the different areas that we can work in and I've definitely learned more about that and it's just been so encouraging you know having to like hear what other people are doing their experiences starting the new job and it's helping me decide like how I'm going to develop in my future career so it's it's been that's probably my favorite part yeah the networking
0: we definitely get that that kind of being the top bit of feedback um, and especially when people finish as well, perceptive finish, um, that it's that networking, just it's so important that community, isn't it? And just not yeah. feeling alone in your thoughts or um, yeah, just maybe overthinking things. And, you know, you do, if you're in a particular small team or if you're the only band five, you can feel, um, even though teams are so supportive, that peer support I think is becoming really apparent and really important uh, for those that are newly qualified. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to that point about where you said, um, you know, when you, when you started, you thought there's going to be extra homework and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah we can, we can, um, yeah, we can completely understand that. And um, that's why it's really important that um, we have as much, we give you guys as much support as possible. And that's also yeah. why we introduced our one-to-ones at the very beginning, because, I think people saw the portfolio and they're like oh my god like what yes. is this
2: yes that <laughs> I don't have me.
0: time to even look at it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um but it is it's just you're you're basically doing the work already but it's you're what we're kind of saying now is that like you're consciously aware that you're competent in that area so yeah. that will then go on to improve your confidence and really tackle that imposter syndrome so I'm really glad to hear that it's really made a positive impact, even in that you know that first five months, and it it sounds like you've really taken a lot from it already. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, sort of going on to the um, point of you know why we invited you onto this podcast, um, following on from our session in October. So how important was it to you that, that topics such as anti-racism, allyship, um, inclusion and diversity um, are actually addressed and discussed within perception meetings?
1: Um, very important. I think for me, um, I grew up and I went to school in like a predominantly white area. Um, so it was definitely something that like affected me, not affected me in a negative way per se, but like something that you are aware of. And um I think I've become very used to like being in spaces where I don't maybe see as many people who look like me. And I think within AHP, like I do feel that compared to other areas, there is a lot more room for like diversity, more awareness and discussions of inclusion and diversity. Um, I'm very passionate about such topics and I feel like we should all be because it affects all of us. Um, So like things like striving to find ways to promote and encourage being inclusive constantly, not just as a one-off maybe on Black History Month, but like all the time I think is very important. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And like you said, it's not a one-person problem. It's everybody's got to come together um, to change the culture within the NHS and change, you know, um, we all need to support
2: each other and yes. as you said we want this awareness every day of the yeah. year not just in you know a month where as you said like black history month where of course the topic is discussed but we want that discussion to continue every yeah. single day um so yes yeah, that's really important and i suppose that brings me to say you know as a newly qualified um black allied health professional how important is representation to you and um, within your workplace do you have any black role models or do you have any black role models outside of the workplace?
1: I think representation is very important and um, kind of for everyone and I would say my number one black role model outside of the workplace would be my father um, so he's a obviously a black man and he's worked really hard like harder than anyone I know starting from like the very beginning when he started studying nursing and then going on to study abroad and then moving to the UK. And he worked his way all the way to the top of the managerial position um, within the NHS. And he's never allowed his skin color to act as a barrier for him to reach out and apply for high positions that he knew he was capable of achieving. And he's really instilled that like drive and zeal in me Um, Such representation is important, especially for those who may feel that they can't actually reach those positions or they may kind of shy away from them, maybe because they've been victims of like forms of discrimination or racism in the past, which can be very discouraging. So I think when you see things like that, it's, it's kind of a boost that, you know what, we, we can do it, you know, we're just as capable of, of doing it as anyone else. And diversity within high positions, I'm, I'm always kind of saying how important it is, because it allows for um, each employee, regardless of their race or religion, um, to bring their talents and their different perspective and skills to that organisation and a diverse uh, workforce kind of enables that in organisation to serve our clients better as well, because we work with diverse people. So we kind of need to have that within the workplace so that we can better serve the people that we are working with and, you know, want to help. So I think it's very important. So yeah, my father is definitely my biggest role model for that.
2: And that's really inspiring. Mm. It's uh, nice to have a role model that's so close to home that you know yeah. you can really like mm. um, look up to as well and really admire their journey
0: absolutely um so what do you feel are the main challenges um as being a newly qualified ahp and do you feel there have been any additional challenges as a black newly qualified ahp
1: So personally for me, I think I'm quite fortunate um, that my job role is based in an area of London that is very diverse already and is bursting with like different cultures. And this is obviously reflected in the clients that I get to see on a daily basis. And it's such a beautiful thing. And then again, in my workplace, we have such a diverse team, which I was like really surprised about um, in the office. And it's so heartwarming as well just to see, especially when you first start in a job role. Um, however obviously not many people are as fortunate as me and I've kind of heard many experiences from like fellow black AHPs who don't have the same experience and it is quite common they may have maybe felt at a disadvantage because of their skin color or maybe been subject to like microaggressions and things like that and it is difficult so it's about working together to combat these issues um, mm. obviously some places are good some aren't so it's like how can we prevent that and then spread the awareness and that kind of allyship is very important as well.
2: Definitely. Um, do you, sorry, it's really great to hear that you've not had any yeah. of those challenges personally, but as you say, those challenges are out there for others, and it's things that we hear through discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, is there anything that you access uh, through work, or are you aware of anything that you can highlight to people that you may hear those, cha- you know, experience those challenges, or do you access them yourself, even though, you haven't experienced those microaggressions necessarily or those challenges directly do you access anything that can provide support
1: yeah so obviously because i'm still kind of new to the job bra i think there was a lot that i didn't actually know was out there um i i am aware that there are some main support networks out there and i think i recently went to an ot conference on diversity and i was able to learn about a lot of different like networks that are out there there's a similar podcast I think that's being done on like where they have discussions about like black OTs which I thought was really cool Um, and there's also kind of different support networks that um, uh, people can access and I think being able to be included in that and even aware that such things exist and how we can access that maybe making it easier or kind of making a domain where people can find out about these things because as I said I wasn't even aware that things like that existed so it is something that I'm definitely trying to get into more and try and see how maybe I can use social media to make more people aware of that as well so they can access it
2: oh, absolutely we love a bit of social media yeah. don't we for this
1: <laughs> but like you said like if
0: if you maybe weren't on social media or um you didn't have any sort of wider network some people mm-hmm. might not know about you know all exactly. these support that's that is in place and it's amazing to see the drive um, that we're seeing now from our professional bodies but also um, within our organizations they're really they really are trying to combat these challenges and um, you know really addressing them um, so it is you know it, it's great to see that there you know eventually will be rep- a lot more representation higher up in those managerial roles such as your father um, and in those AHP roles as well so um, it's it's great to see and do you kind of following on from that do you feel that you want to also inspire like the next generation are you kind of passionate about that maybe getting into schools and um, really promoting the role of OT because uh, like you said a lot of us don't even know what AHPs are yeah. you know um, sometimes we just randomly fall into it Um
1: yeah. so yeah are you are you passionate about sort of inspiring the future? Definitely I feel like obviously because I'm someone that experienced it firsthand, like not knowing about it and then seeing how great it is and just falling in love with it. There must be so many other people out there who actually, if they were aware the role was out there, would want to apply. So I, I definitely do want to become more confident and try and find ways that I can help like promote the awareness of OT and just AHP in general, just so that we can you know, get more people and more diversity into that role. So it's definitely something I want to follow through. Absolutely, Brilliant.
0: Especially within London, like, you know, there yeah. is a real lack of diversity. And London is such a diverse area, such, we have such diverse population, So it's really important that we also um, represent that within our bodies, our professional bodies, our AHPs. So um, it's great to hear that you're you know, wanting to continue that on and inspire yeah. the future.
2: Exactly. Representation mm. and inspiring the future is just, yeah, what, what a thing to do. What a legacy yeah. to then leave. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm sure your dad's very proud
1: (laughs) I try I try (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) so what are your sort of top tips for anyone that's starting in their first post maybe as an OT or what's transferable to other AHPs
1: I would say asking questions and taking the initiative and remembering you're not an expert. For me, I think I put so much unneeded pressure and stress on myself, like on my first day and first week, because I was like, oh my goodness, they're gonna expect me to know so much and what if they quiz me on this and I don't know this. It's not the case at all. When you start your first job role, they're aware that you're starting your first job role, and they obviously chose you for a reason because they thought that you can do it. So I think it's more of a confidence thing. Just believe in yourself and realize that you're there to learn. Every day you're learning, even if you're in band seven, band eight, you're always going to be learning. So don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, um, set boundaries as well. I think that's really important. Like realize where. OK, maybe I might need some help with this and make that known and also ask for feedback all the time. I'm someone that like after everything I do, I'm like, OK, so how can I improve on this? Obviously, find a good way to do it, like with your supervisor, maybe in supervision, um, but kind of have that system in place of where you can you know, realize how you work better and making that aware just so that you can develop. So I think if I knew that earlier on, it probably would have been a bit smoother, but I am happy with the progress that I'm making so far.
2: definitely you should be proud of yourself
0: amazing yeah there's um, incredible top tips and I think the one that really sticks out is that talking isn't it like not not being afraid to talk or flag maybe where you're struggling or you're not sure about something and like you said everybody is there to help you um it is funny when you first start though because you're like I don't want to I don't want to come across like a burden or I don't (laughs) want to come across like I don't know anything but like you said, like. Every day is a learning day. You're not going to possibly Mm -hmm. know everything from being at three years at university. Um, And, you know, and as well, your places may have been affected due to COVID and you might not have had the exposure that you maybe would have had pre-COVID. So, you know, there's all of these, you know, things you've got to, you combat. So it's so important to just talk.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I suppose that kind of brings us on to um, if there's anyone out there listening who you know is maybe just starting preceptorship or you know has heard about preceptorship or is just about to qualify and knows that perception may be coming would you recommend them looking into and accessing a preceptorship?
1: Definitely. Um, obviously, I'm still like four or five months in. But I am, as I said earlier, I'm really loving it. And it's got a lot of amazing benefits. And there's nothing wrong with extra help, extra support. I feel like anywhere possible, if you can get that, definitely grab it and take the opportunity. And it's it helps with things like confidence as well. Like I feel like joining this. I've had to like maybe make make discussions, make comments in breakout rooms. And Mm. I'm not someone I I know it may seem like I'm confident, but I'm not at all. I'm not a good speaker. So it actually gives you other skills as well that you can use. So I would say for anyone who is in there and that's interested, definitely, definitely would recommend preceptorship. It's amazing.
0: It's like that. It sounds like you are kind of stepping out your comfort zone in some areas. And even doing this podcast, you know, this is maybe (laughs) something that you wouldn't have done if it wasn't for preceptorship and definitely and like you said you're just feeling a bit more comfortable with you know being like hey my name's definitely like, you know you're yeah. you're getting more comfortable with that networking and engaging with others and mm-hmm. and
2: even through preceptorship you know like I in our december meeting I've offered for people to come and present and you've grabbed mm-hmm. that opportunity and yeah. said yeah I would like to and as you said like it's really great that you know even though you feel like you may, you know, bring on this confident um, persona, which I think you definitely do. Oh, um, you me. know, we're, we all have that moment where actually we're kind of anxious or nervous mm. about to present. So the more practice that you can get in, especially in a forum, like how we deliver perceptions mm. virtually so we can create that virtual community. It's, it's sometimes really difficult to present where you're talking at, to yourself at a laptop to people who are <laughs> out there, but not in the room. So it's really great that you give yourself Um, you know, the chance to access those opportunities as well and develop those skills that you'll need for the rest of your career. Mm. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Um, You're taking on every sort of um, opportunity that's coming up, which is great. Um, (laughs) So kind of maybe just to round it up would you add anything else would you um yeah was there anything else you'd like to add basically to this podcast and your podcast this is yours
1: (laughs) thank you um no just to kind of thank you guys um for everything that you are like doing with the perceptorship it's really like commendable like bringing up the topics and having the conversations because it's it isn't easy um to have but I, I I feel like the way that you guys have kind of navigated around the topic has been like really really good and just like helpful for us and for other you know band fives that are in um, part of it so kind of just to thank you guys obviously for what you're doing as well and just keep up the good work (laughs) oh thank you yeah we we've really got
0: this sort of passion to empower band fives and preceptees and um you know you are our future workforce so if we can inspire you to be the change, make the change, then sounds a bit cringy. Um, but we absolutely, that's thats what we want to do. And, you know, we love our jobs and we love, you know, even if we can make a difference to one person, you know, in their first year, then that we're happy with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, thank you for that, Stephanie. I,
2: I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so what I I, I kind of just, I want to just add to this is um you know that there's vast amounts of support out there um if you are a BAME AHP and we just really want to make you aware for that. So the things that I would suggest is link in with your professional body. There is going to be tons of resources, tons of um like Stephanie said she she went onto a webinar. Um, so please link in with your professional body. Um, also look at your organisation, see what your organisation has to offer. Um, You know, every, you know, trust should have a BAME staff support network. So please link in with that. Um, But also looking into your individual teams um, and make sure that you're um, seeing what support's available for you.
2: And if you feel that there's an area where there could be support, then put it, put that forward. You know, let's start the change. If you feel like there could be a new staff network or support within your organisation, you know, have the confidence Mm. to To start that approach the people who may be able to help because if you're thinking that as a fresh set of eyes there may be people who who are in your organization who would really like the opportunity to access that but um, maybe haven't had the confidence to raise it so um, let's get the message spread um, and yeah be the change we're all about inspiring the
0: future Mm. and we
2: are in the process of creating
0: a forum on our portal as well and we would love you know within that forum to create a space to support our BAM staff um, and you know that will be an opportunity for anyone that does know a support system or something they can access um, they can put that into the forum so we are in the process of creating something as well um, and you can't
2: be a bit of social media having a professional social media there's so many channels out there whether it be TikTok or Twitter yeah. or whatever Um, that are also uh, looking at creating support and sharing resources for um, BAME Mm -hmm. AHPs and BAME NHS staff so Mm. if you're if you're a bit more of a social media person that's another thing you can do to access um, potential support.
0: Perfect so I think we'll round it up there is that um, everything from you Stephanie would you add anything to that?
1: that's all
0: from me thank you thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate you taking the time to come into our podcast and um yeah we hope that you guys are listening have enjoyed it and um, please reach out to us if you have any questions and i'm sure stephanie would be more than happy to answer any questions if you've got any
2: for her yes.
1: okay
2: bye thanks guys bye.